We're going to continue with our time of worship by opening up the Word of God. And today, I'm really excited that we have the opportunity to move forward in our summer rhythm in the Psalms. It's kind of become a bit of an imago tradition where every single summer in June, we take time to just pause and reflect and dive in to the Psalms. We change up the rhythm a little bit so that we have the opportunity to, to go beyond simply listening and responding to the Word of God, but instead together as a church community, we have the chance in the summer to engage and go deeper with the Word of God where we have the privilege of being able to sharpen one another as a church community. That's part of the call of the scriptures that just as iron sharpens iron, we are to sharpen one another as well. And today we're continuing in the Psalms. I'll be sharing just a little bit of background and then we will jump into Psalm 46 and read verses 1 to 11 together in a moment. But really the reason that we're doing this and taking time to really just pause, reflect, and rest in the Psalms is because we're learning that every single one of us is called to draw near to God, to draw near to His Word. And one way that we're able to do that is simply by practicing this, uh, this rhythm of, of really um, reflecting and focusing our thinking, of meditating on the Word of God. And it's one of those things that we are learning to do together. Each one of us is able and capable to reflect and focus and dive in and meditate on the Word of God. And so we're going to take time to be able to do that, just as Psalm 1 told us that that is the key to a life that is transformed. It's to be able to really reflect on the Word of God day and night. So that's why we do what we do during the summer, to encourage each other, to build each other up, to sharpen one another. And each week we have the opportunity to have a special song or a, or a reflection from a, a community member. And today we're going to have the opportunity to do that as well as we continue to change up our rhythm here during the summer. What we've seen throughout the Psalms in the past few weeks is that the Psalms have a way of challenging us. And as the Psalms challenge us, we're actually shaped, shaped more and more into the people that God created us to be. When we take time to reflect and meditate on the Psalms and on the Word of God, we actually get closer to the heart and the mind of God. When we read the Psalms, we really get a glimpse at what the entire point of the Bible is. Closeness to God. The point of the Bible is not just information, not just inspiration like we've talked about over the past couple of weeks, but the purpose and the point of the scriptures is transformation as we draw close to God. The purpose of being a Christian, of being a church person, of being a disciple is that together we would be able to draw closer to God. Imago Church exists for that reason. We are a church of disciples who makes disciples. 
who multiplies spiritually mature people who are transformed more and more into new people, new creations that reflect the image of Christ. The Bible is the written word of God that serves as this living link between us and the living God, the God of all creation. So as we take time to do what we've been doing these past couple of weeks, and as we take time to do that on our own at home or with our families, as we take time to reflect and meditate on the word of God, we are actually experiencing that connection, that living link between us and God. And as we do that, as we draw near to God, as we uh, are close to him and we meditate and reflect on his word, God transforms us and he makes us new. He gives us new hearts and new minds and new thoughts. And God does this through refocusing our thinking. That's the definition we've been working on for meditation. Meditation simply means focused thinking. And God calls us to meditate on his word in order to refocus our thinking. Because refocused thinking leads to renewed living. So as one body, as a church community, we've taken this past month to sing the Psalms, to pray the Psalms, and to live the Psalms. And in just a moment, we're going to read and reflect on one of the most famous Psalms of all, Psalm 46. But before we do that, as we've been doing these past few weeks together, we're going to uh, check out this video on the book of Psalms, explaining a little bit of the background and the context of the book of Psalms. Let's take a quick uh, listen, and then we'll come back together. The book of Psalms, it's a collection of 150 ancient Hebrew poems, songs, and prayers that come from all different periods in Israel's history. Many of these poems are connected with King David, 73 actually, and he was known as a poet and a harp player. But there are many different authors behind these poems. There's the poems of Asaph, or from the sons of Korah, and some are from other worship leaders in the temple. Even Solomon and Moses have their own poems, and nearly one-third of these are anonymous. Now, many of these poems came to be used by the choirs that sang in Israel's temple, but the Book of Psalms is actually not a hymn book. At some point in the period after Israel's exile to Babylon, these ancient poems were gathered together and intentionally arranged into the book of Psalms before us. And it has a very unique design and message that you're not going to notice unless you read it from beginning to end. Now to see how the book of Psalms is designed, it's actually most helpful to start at the end. The book concludes with five poems of praise to the God of Israel, and each one begins and ends with the word hallelujah, which is Hebrew for a command to tell a group of people to praise Yah, which is short for the divine name Yahweh. Now, that's a really nice five-part arrangement, and it looks like someone's giving us a conclusion here to the book. So, it invites the question, does the book have any other signs of intentional design? If you pay attention to the headings of the poems, you'll notice that at five places, your Bible translators have the heading book one, book two, book three, four, and five at various points, and that these divide the book into five large sections. Now, the reason for this is that the final poem in each of those sections 
have a very similar ending that looks like an editorial edition. It reads something like, May the Lord, the God of Israel, be blessed forever and ever. Amen and amen. So the book has a conclusion. It has an internal organization into five main parts. And so the natural place to go from here is now the beginning, to look for an introduction. And what do we find? Psalms 1 and 2, which stand outside of book 1 because most of the poems in book 1 are linked to David, except Psalms 1 and 2, which are anonymous. Psalm 1 celebrates how blessed the person is who meditates on the Torah, prayerfully reading it day and night and then obeying it. Now the word Torah simply means teaching, and more specifically it came to refer to the five books of Moses that begin the Old Testament. And here actually the word seems to be used with both meanings in mind which explains why it has five main parts. The book of Psalms is being offered as a new Torah that will teach God's people the lifelong practice of prayer as they strive to obey God's commands given in the first Torah. Psalm 2 is a poetic reflection on God's promise to King David from 2 Samuel chapter 7, that one day a messianic king would come and establish God's kingdom over the world, defeat evil and rebellion among the nations. Now Psalm 2 concludes by saying that all those who take refuge in the messianic king will be blessed, precisely the word used to open Psalm 1. And so together, these two poems tell us that the book of Psalms is designed to be the prayer book of God's people as they strive to be faithful to the commands of the Torah as they hope and wait for the future messianic kingdom. Now with these two themes introduced, we can start to see how... So amazing to see everything that goes into this precious book of the Psalms. Now we're going to open up the Psalms to Psalm 46. And I'll be reading it in English. You can follow along in Spanish or in the language of the heart. I know that when we're together in person, we have more opportunities to be able to uh, read both in English and in Spanish. And please, any of our Spanish speakers at home, if you need translation for any of our resources, we're more than happy to do that. So please reach out and let us know if that's a way to serve you during this time. We'd love to be able to uh, care for you in that way. But I'll be reading Psalm 46 for us and um, uh, beginning at verse 1. Psalm 46 for... It says here, the director of music of the sons of Korah. Um, and we will start at verse 1. Psalm 46, verse 1. Let's hear now with open ears and open hearts from the word of God. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, Though its, wa though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Nations are in uproar kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. 
Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. The Lord says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Amen. The Psalms are God's songbook. As we've been talking about the last few weeks, at the heart of the Bible is the heart of God in the Psalms. So that's why we've been taking this time these last few weeks to simply refocus and regather ourselves by being refreshed in the Psalms. Perhaps for you, just like for me and many of us in our community and in our world, this has been the last three or four months. So much has felt very overwhelming. So much has felt just out of control. What we're reminded of here in this psalm is that in the midst of the battle, in the midst of the confusion, in the midst of the uncertainty and the anxiety, the voice of the Lord says, be still and know that I am God. In this passage, we read one of the most famous psalms ever written by the biblical poets, the sons of Korah. And the majority of the psalms, as we saw in the video, are actually written by King David, who's also referred to as the psalmist. King David, as we focused on him primarily last week, we learned that he was a man that the the Bible refers to as a man after God's own heart. He wrote, many of the Psalms, and David by no means was a perfect man or a perfect king. And in fact, he messed up a lot. But he held on and he trusted the living God. He trusted the God that would never, ever let go of him. David served as the second king of the ancient people of Israel, And we read about his whole story in the Old Testament, in the books of uh, 1 and uh, 2 Samuel. And he experienced many times of hardship, but he trusted God with radical faith. He trusted God with a faith that was not based on his works, not based on his deeds, because he messed up a lot, and the Bible doesn't hide that. But he trusted God with a radical faith based on his need. Based on his need for the grace of God. David needed a good and faithful God that would never let go of him. And that's what we see throughout the Psalms. That's what we see throughout the life of David as well. He held on to a no matter what kind of faith. And that's our calling as well in this season. To trust God with a no matter what 
kind of faith. No matter what happens, I'm holding on to the God who will never let go of me. In the Psalms, we see every single human emotion expressed, fear, confession, failures, praises, joys, giving thanks to God in all seasons. We see that in David's Psalms and in others as well. Through the Psalms, we really learn how to pray. The psalmist serves as a prayer coach, giving us words for how to pray and how to discover God's presence in the good times as well as in the bad or in the confusing or uncertain times. The psalms are not the kind of book that you just read once and you know check it off your list and then never open it up again. But the psalms are meant to be read through a lifetime. Not just once and then put down, but the Psalms are designed for a lifetime of reading and reflecting and praying. In fact, the Psalms are written in such a way for a lifetime of slow reading and rereading and re 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 reading in order that we may experience that closeness to God, that intimacy with God. The Psalms are written for reflection. And the Psalms are really prayers. Prayers that are meant to become our own prayers. Prayers that the people of God had pray, have prayed throughout history and throughout the world. It connects us with God's family. These are prayers. The Psalms were prayers that even Jesus prayed as well. The Psalms are poems, the Psalms are prayers, the Psalms are praises for people like you and me, for people that are learning to live. People learning to live by God's grace, by God's wisdom. People that aren't perfect, but people that worship a perfect God and seek God's justice and seek to apply God's goodness and God's reality in this world as it is. So in those times when we feel that we have no words, when we're truly speechless, in those seasons where we only have tears and nothing else, where we only have confusion or unanswered questions, remember friends, brothers, sisters, that we have the Psalms. We have the Psalms that can comfort us. We have the Psalms to pray. We have the Psalms to help us to live. The Psalms that point us to a good God in every season. When we don't know what to say, the Psalms give us words for how to pray and how to enter into the presence of of the living God. We also see that David was a musician and even this psalm that we read, Psalm 46, was actually a song. So before all the hundreds and thousands of worship songs, the original songbook of the people of God, of the ancient Israelites and of the early church, the original songbook for God's people was the Psalms. The Psalms are God's songbooks, so they are, in fact, the original praise songs for the people of God. 
They are the original prayer book for those seeking after the heart of God. I'm so grateful for this gift that we have in God's word in the Psalms. In my life, I've had the opportunity to experience many mentors, many people, men and women that have shaped my life as a leader, as a pastor, as a person. I've had mentors in my life. Some are alive. Some of them are no longer alive. Some I've been able to meet and others I haven't been able to meet. But someone that has actually impacted my pastoral ministry and shaped me as a leader has been a teacher and mentor that I never met, but I've read and been inspired by his life and his work. I never met this person because he actually passed away in 1945, many years before I was even born. Get this, it was even years before my parents were born. I never had a chance to meet him, but I look forward to a moment in eternity to be able to even uh, hang out with this brother in Christ, with this mentor, a pastor actually, a pastor by the name of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He died in 1945 and he actually lived in Germany while Germany was taken over by Hitler and the Nazis. Bonhoeffer not only preached the word of God, but Dietrich Bonhoeffer lived the word of God. He stood up to Hitler and the Nazis, and he resisted against that evil, that principality before him. Eventually, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was arrested and he was killed for his courage, and he was hanged in a Nazi camp in a place called the Gallows. And this is a brief story about what the Psalms meant to be Dietrich Bonhoeffer. In the last days of his life, actually two years before he was killed, we have access to a very personal letter, to a very special letter, a personal letter that Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote to his parents. In it, he described how he was able to keep going, how he was able to find strength day by day knowing that he was going to be executed at any time, at any day. It was less than two years before his death, while he was imprisoned, where Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote a letter to his parents. We now have access to it, and I'm going to read from it directly. And in this letter, he describes how he's able to find strength every morning, how he passes the time while in prison and while being in a time of complete unknown, surrendering his life in God's hands. So how does Bonhoeffer pass the time? How does he find hope? Well, let me read you directly from this letter that he wrote. Bonhoeffer says, I read the Psalms. I read the Psalms every single day. As I have done for years, I know the Psalms, I love the Psalms, I love them more than any other book. I want us to pause and reflect on that for just a moment. This letter from this man that 
impacted so many lives, including my own and, and by association this church as well. A brilliant man of God, one of the greatest theologians, in my opinion, in modern history. He did not only proclaim the word of God, but he lived the word of God. He himself was renowned around the world. He had hundreds of writings and lectures. In his lifetime, he read thousands of books. But yet, he was also someone who was one of the most perhaps influential, who, who met some of the most influential people and experienced some of the most influential moments of the past 100 years. Maybe just like us here today in 2020. You want history? You got it. In 50 years, in 100 years, 2020 will be remembered. But in his final, final moments, none of that mattered. None of that mattered to Dietrich Bonhoeffer. All that he could hold on to was the Psalms. Dietrich Bonhoeffer just like our Lord and King Jesus Christ before him, Bonhoeffer was drenched in the Psalms. They were drenched and embedded in his mind, in his heart. So when he was pressed in life, he learned to bleed the Psalms. How can we, as God's people, who focus our lives who meditate on his word, who meditate on these precious psalms, on his entire word, how can we allow the word of God to be so embedded in our minds, in our hearts, in our memories, to be seeped into who we are, into our DNA, so that when this life, when this life, when circumstances that are completely out of our control which almost feels like everything around us right now, when all of that comes pressing down on us, may we be so drenched in the Psalms that the Psalms are what we bleed. When life hits, we can respond. Not in hopelessness, not in fear, not in anxiety, that when this life hits, we can respond. Be still. And know that I am God, says the Lord. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Psalm 46 is one of the most important and the most commonly known psalms. And in fact, this is one of the most commonly known phrases in all of the Bible. Be still and know that I am God, says the Lord. Sometimes we can think of this phrase of be still and we can, you know, just kind of wave it off and think that it's just a cheap bumper sticker phrase or some kind of coffee cup logo. But these words from the Psalms, these words of the Lord, these words be still and know that I am God. 
Remember, these were not words that were spoken in peaceful pastures with little lambs and maybe everyone holding hands and swaying back and forth. But it is in the midst of chaos. It is in the midst of a war zone, in the midst of uncertainty and disorientation that we hear the voice of the Lord in Psalm 46. He says that He Himself makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and He shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. So it's in the midst of the war zone, in the midst of the, of, the, of the attacks. It's in the midst of the fire that the Lord says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Amen. Be still. He is God. He is with you. Never let go of the God who will never ever let go of you. So this week, how can we live this psalm? Not just hear it, but live it and pray it. How can we practice being still and knowing that he is God? How can the Lord be your strength? How can the Lord be your refuge, your shelter this week? And as we've been doing... Continue to read a psalm a day and ask yourself, what does this psalm say about God? What does it say about the mind and the heart of God? What does it say about us, about people? How does this psalm invite us into deeper worship, to the heart of worship? How does this psalm invite us to transform and renew our lives, to refocus our thinking? This month, we're taking time to rest in the Psalms. And we're going to have an opportunity to do that as we hear from reflections in our community. We're doing this throughout this time as we're uh, in the Psalms, studying the Psalms together. And today we have the privilege of having our sister Sandra Marquez. She's going to share with us a reflection on Psalm 23. And immediately right after that, we're going to hear a special from our uh, worship leader, Marcus, and a uh, special guest, Jordan Rodriguez. So let's take this time to simply rest in the Psalms as we hear this reflection and this special song. Thank you, Pastor Carlos. It's an honor and privilege to be able to do the reflection on Psalms today. Throughout the book of Psalms, we see the heart of God and His goodness, amen. And the reflection that I chose today is on Psalms 23, which is a very familiar scripture for many, 
We sometimes hear it during events or funerals, but a lot of times because it's a familiar scripture, we choose to skip over it because we've heard them before. Amen. But as I was going through the book of Psalms and just kind of looking at all of God's characteristics and promises, I came back to Psalms 23 because there's so much there for us to reflect on today. And I would like for us to read the scripture together just to remind us of God's promises. Amen. And I'm reading out of Psalms 23, verses 1 through 6, from the New Living Translation. If you could join me. Starting on verse 1, the Word of God says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Verse 4. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Verse 6. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. What a beautiful scripture. A couple of important points that I would like to focus on are as follows. In verses 1 through 3, it tells us the Lord is our shepherd. What does that mean that He leads us? Amen. And it goes on to say that we shall not want, which means we lack nothing. And as we go through these seasons, there might be many needs, but am I inviting him into my life? Because that's his promise for us as we allow him to lead us. Amen. In Psalm 23, 4, it says, as I walk through the shadow, through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. If he walks with us, church, that means he's protecting us through the valley. Amen. What harder place to go through the valley of the shadow of death, but he's with us. Are we inviting him to walk with us this day? Are we asking him for his protection through anything we're going through? And that's the question for today. Are we walking under his protection? Amen. Verse 5 and 6 shows us his blessings. The word says, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When we're going through a difficult time, whether it's emotionally, financially, whatever the case may be, do I allow myself to just walk in God's faithfulness? 
for he never leaves us or forsakes us. That's what his word says. And it also says that he is with me all the days of my life. How often do we forget that church, that he is with us. He's right there walking with us. He's beside us. But are we inviting him into our situation? And in closing, I would like for us to reflect on Psalms 23 this week for yourself and not to skip any of the familiar passages because there's always something in His Word where we can rest in His promises, where we can rest knowing that His protection and comfort is upon us. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you, Father God, for your beautiful word, Lord, that it's always on time, that there is such a divine appointment in every one of your scriptures, Lord, that, Lord, that you are faithful, Lord, that your protection is here, Lord, that you meet all our needs, and no matter what we're going through, Father God, that you are walking right beside us. And Lord, we thank you for the word that was shared today. We thank you, Father God, that you continue to just bless those that need a touch from you this morning. And we thank you, Father God, for what you're doing and for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. shoulders ain't built for this and I don't have nothing it's like I'm standing in the rain and you offer me a raincoat but I would rather stand there dripping wet than take the hand out what's wrong with me you claim you always got your hands out and I cannot continue on my own so take my hands now I give you everything God not just a little bit take it from me I ain't nothing but a hypocrite I hate sin but I built a house and I still live in it afraid to open up the door to you let you into it yo my soul is lost and what it needs is your direction I know I told you I do not need your protection but I lied to you this thing is tiring the man was not created for it God please retire me now
trust is something I am not accustomed to And I know the Bible says that I should always trust in you But I don't ever read that book enough And when I have a question I don't take the time to look it up or pick it up It collects dust on my nightstand I'm just being honest Please take this out of my hands I have no control I am just a person But thank the Lord that I serve a God that's perfect I do not deserve the opportunities you're giving me I never knew what freedom was till I learned what prison means I am not ashamed I don't care if they remember me My life will always have a hole If you are not the centerpiece Take me out of bondage Take all of my pride If I don't have a savior I don't have nothing inside Take all my lust Take all of my lies There's no better feeling When I got in the sky up in your eyes It's amazing So beautiful and profound to be able to hear voices from our community and songs and poetry. The Psalms continue to be alive here and now, today. The Psalms are prayers, the Psalms are, pra are praises, the Psalms are poems, the Psalms are reflections. And through the month of June, I want to invite our entire church community to be continuing to pray a Psalm a day. We're placing resources for that on all of our social media channels, and you can pray that daily. So as a church community, let's just come before the Lord and pray. God, you call us to be still and know that you are God. To be still, to stop fighting, to stop running to stop avoiding, but instead be still before you. Because who we are before you is who we truly are, God. 
And Lord, I pray that you would continue to just do the work. Do the work that you started in us, Lord, and bring it about to completion. Lord, we are your people and you are our God. Thank you, Lord. That that is our comfort, that is our peace, that is our security in this time. God, we've been able to sing praises. We've been able to hear your word. We've been able to simply be still and honor you as God. Thank you, Lord, that your word never comes back empty, Lord. But we're full this morning. We're full of nourishment that comes, Lord. Spiritual nourishment spiritual refreshment through you, Jesus, the living water. God, as we continue in our time of worship, we pray, Lord, that we would experience your real presence, your real power. And God, we thank you for all that you've done. We love you and praise you simply for who you are. Receive all the glory this morning, we pray in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.